You're listening to the Bathtub Refinishing Podcast. Powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. We discuss the refinishing industry, interview owners and operators, and give tips to business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Daniel Montalvo. Yes, I'm your host. But today we have a guest on the podcast. Um, you're from Calgary Refinishing. Introduce yourself, sir. How's it going, guys? My name's Rob Dyer. I'm from a company called Calgary Refinishing, obviously based out of Calgary and Alberta, Canada. All right. I'm going to tell you this. Not Just uh, try to keep the microphone a little bit closer okay. to yourself. Yeah, it's, I kind of bleed. Yeah, me, so I don't you know, have to move too much. Breathe right into it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's just it, sometimes if you talk from a little bit further, it picks up a little bit more background noise. Yeah. So, but yeah, he came all the way from Canada just for this, right? Just for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he had some be other famous stuff. in the refinishing world now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Let the Canadian government know <laughs> just oh, for shit. the podcast. It's yeah. tax. Hey, now this trip is a tax deduction for him. It, oh, is. it is. It is. It actually is. Yeah, this yeah, is business, is. man. This yeah. is networking. This is all mm-hmm. business. And if and if your accountant asks, you just send him a link and tell him to subscribe. That's it. I like to see them argue that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they be a hard argue. Um, so, typically, this is the first thing I always ask everybody: is how did you get into the refinishing industry? So I was doing construction type jobs a long time ago now. Okay. And uh, my brother gave me a call one day, and uh, he's been doing it for a number of years. He learned from his dad. He's my half-brother, and basically said, hey, man, quit your job. Come out here. You need to come do this. It's great. Don't work for anybody. Kind of bitching about my job. So... Quit my job basically the next week. You know, told my girlfriend I'm leaving out to another town for a couple of months and uh, gonna learn this industry. And basically did, uh, you know, basically was the prep bitch for a number uh, <laughs> yeah. for a number of months. Everyone knows that position. Mm-hmm. And uh, brought it out to Calgary and you know basically started my own business there. Um, yeah, he basically completely set me up and uh, helped me out with everything. And, you know, we've kind of parted ways on the business stuff basically shortly after. We have been different business ideas and things like that. But mm-hmm. he basically trained me and set me up and helped me with with everything. That's cool. That's so cool. Um, do you know how he got into it at all? So I believe his dad, Don, they're out uh, precision refinishing out of Kelowna. Um I think he got into it through a friend out of Vancouver, and they do a number of jobs and stuff together, hotels, things like that. Okay. And, yeah, it's it's been great. It's typically how it goes. Yeah, well, and it's, you know, it's hard getting into an unknown industry. There's so many variables. Of, you know, where do you order products from? What uh, what equipment do you use? Mm-hmm. All and that the, sort of thing. And the learning curve, right? And the learning curve. And, you know, I always tell everyone it's – it's you need to see every sort of situation yep. in this industry to know what to do. And if you don't have anybody to bounce that off of, oh, you're screwed. Like, you're always learning in this industry. You're really. always learning. I'm still learning. Yeah. I mean, even I, I've had guys that have done this for nine plus years and they still run into something they've never seen before every now and then. Yep. Um, yeah. and, but that's, that's what grows a good sprayer, you know, and like a good refinisher, good company. It's like be willing to always learn. Don't always think you know everything. Yep. 
Uh, and a lot of people fall into that. There's a lot of know-it-alls out there. Uh, you know, and, and at the end of the day, it's like you're never done learning. Whether it, if you master the refinishing part, you might not be as good on the business forefront of it. Yep. There's always shit to learn. Um, but that's that's awesome. I always ask that just because everybody has such a different like walk of life, right? Like, yeah. and it's it's interesting to hear like where you know like where that came from over there because like I always tell people my situation was different. It's like my family was just doing yeah. this, so you know it was just something that I was like, well, I could either go do some boring shit or I can try to build this business that my dad like already started. Yeah, exactly. And that's definitely the way to to do it. You already know the business. You have somebody who you can bounce off of. You already have a business that's established. You just need to put it in a different direction that works with this day and age. Yep. And, and, and one of the big things, you know, for me is networking for that very reason that you just said, nobody helps you in the beginning, man. No. And like, I like to think that this would be a tool for people more on the business stuff. I talk about some of the nerdy shit, but that's not my forefront, bro. Yeah. I don't, I don't like talking about paint ratios and fucking how much put two ounces of thinner. And <laughs> if you wanted it to lay down like glass, you put a little bit of nail polish <laughs> remover in there. It's like, whatever, dude. Everyone like, has their yeah, own he's kind of, he's kind of uh, filling a void in the, in the industry awareness thing. Oh, definitely. Where like we have, refinishers we can you know you go on instagram we can all talk to each other about what product do you use what do you do you know how's your, your process but nobody's talking about how we're branding our businesses and how much money there really is in this industry there's a ton of money people, in this industry. Bro, th there's people who have been doing this for 20 plus years who still think like oh well 70 grand a year is as good as it's ever gonna get and well, it's like small-minded thinking well that's kind of why i reached out to you because you know like i was talking with you over the phone there that I've, I've built the business up and I brought it down. I built it up and I brought it down and you know, I've never taught anyone how to spray. Mm -hmm. And I find that kind of funny because you know, there's nothing extremely special to that. I got yeah. thrown into kind of spraying, did a few months with my brother, um, basically just doing prep and then started working with another guy um, for one day and he was like you're good to spray and I'm like I've never sprayed before and he's like well today's your day yeah. and you know basically I've been spraying every single job since and you know I've, I, st I still have some shit days of like how the fuck did this go wrong but that's that's kind of like you just incorporate that into the, the process of, build, of of doing the job you know one out of ten jobs is going to cause it. there's going to be an issue well a lot of times too unless you're doing you know, like a hotel or something that you can go back and see the job. Pressure's on. You, well, you, you never know. You never know what your finish is like because mm -hmm. you, you know you don't touch the finish the next day unless yeah. you know unless it's really bad and you can tell when you're doing some silicone or caulking yeah. on there and you're like and you can and you can tell right away. But you never really feel the tub or see the tub. And once everything's white, you can't really see your imperfections on it. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. know, customer calls and you know it, it could be something like. You know, they have popcorn ceilings and they didn't clean out their room and there's just dust everywhere. And, yeah. you know, most of that stuff just wipes off. But mm -hmm. some customers, you know, don't want that. So you want to go in and, and polish everything the next day or a couple of days after. And you go through and you can really see of, you know, sometimes you come back and you're like, this is smooth as hell. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is perfect. You're, you're in there for two seconds. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, OK, what went wrong here? Mm -hmm. You know what I found is that a lot of the times it's about how you expect uh, set expectations for the customer 
especially when you're training people, you're not going to tell them, I'm going to send you a trainee. But what you do want to yeah. do is reassure them that something goes wrong, I'm coming back. Yeah, definitely. And, and a lot of people don't do that. And then that's like, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know your business, but I'm saying in general, I, I know people, you know, they, they'll talk about the guarantees and about how they do the best work and look at my fucking reviews and all this shit. And, you know, they don't ever address the fact that there are things that can go wrong. And if they do, we will come back and fix it. And that's where people get upset. Because if somebody, I always tell people, regardless of the size of the job, plan on it taking about a day and a half. Yep. And the reason is because if some shit hits the fan and it's messed up, the next day we have an opportunity to come back and, and, and take care of it. Well, and it's like you said, it's uh it's not about how good you are at laying down finish and it's yeah. how, how good you are. It's, it's about damage control. Yeah. A lot of these businesses are about damage control. You can't control absolutely everything, mm -hmm. every single guy, every single scenario. But what you can control is how you deal with situations. Exactly. exactly. It's That's literally the key, honestly. controlling the controllable. Yep. Because exactly. it, when you hire somebody to spray, you can't, you know, when you're training them, that's one thing. But once they're out on their own, they're out on their own. Now, all you can do is reassure your customers like, hey, something happens. I'm coming back. We're going to make sure it's taken care of. And for a lot of people, that's enough because that's more than the guy next door is doing. There's a lot of jackasses out there that they'll spray the tub once. And then as soon as that check clears, they're, they're fucking blocking the number, man. See ya. Well, yeah. you know, when you're an owner operator, like right now, you're spraying all the tubs yourself. So mm -hmm. the second you have to go back, something else isn't getting done. And yep. there's a pressure for production flow, right? So now if you're going back to fix a, a, a fuck up and you have a s job scheduled for that day, who's the priority now? Well, it, exactly. It's a constant balance. And that's uh, what I've done is having an extra sprayer really helps. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because you, you, have, to, you have to prioritize. Do you prioritize yesterday's customer or do you prioritize today's customer you gotta do both well exactly and it's about getting crafty sometimes it's as easy as if the guy's still in training go prep my afternoon job because i gotta go fix your mess that's what you gotta do oh, sometimes oh, definitely uh, and or sometimes you know you might have it might take a lot longer and you tell him like you spray that one and you continue this chain of going back after him if it if it's needed until he gets the experience sometimes you just got to take that l but at the end of the day it's it's I, I think that the fear or the like hesitance to hire people or have them like training them to spray specifically comes from the fact that a lot of us who start as owner operators, uh, we, we have more confidence in ourselves than other people. Well, that, well, that's exactly it. It's, it costs money and it takes a lot of time to yeah. train someone and a lot of patience. So like you were saying on a number of uh, podcasts ago, it's, you know, hotels are very hard to deal with mm -hmm. because they don't want to pay. But if you want to train people, That's hotels the are the best mm -hmm. yeah. because you know you're coming back the next day. You can train them. If they fuck up, doesn't matter. They can just go sand it down and you can do it again the next day. Yep. You're not you're not worried about having to, to turn this over for somebody or they're going on vacation or they have family coming in and, day, yeah. and you need to get this done. They can train right there. And they get to you, th the tech gets to see the variables right away. Yeah. Like, oh, you ran there. Oh, you had a dry spot there. Oh, you put too much material. Now it's pooling. It's like you go through the ebbs and flows. You could go through every major scenario in one day if you're spraying enough tubs. Well, that's how I kind of got good at project management. Before I even started spraying, 
Actually, no, it was, it was probably about a month after I started spraying. Me and my brother, we did uh, a 160-bathtub hotel in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So I, I drove to Vancouver, brought a number of materials and equipment. And this is only a month after I really started my business. And, you know, I'm like, he's going to spray everything and I'll, you know, make sure all the preppers that I hired, which were just mostly buddies of mine, which paid them piecework for everything. We stayed mm-hmm. in the hotel mm-hmm. for, for a couple weeks. And, and going through that was a job in itself. I didn't, I didn't do a lot of the prep. Yeah, I was prepping and, and helping them. And, you know, when they're slow, I'm like, this is a, how you prep four tubs in like You need one guy hours, running the show. Go. Exactly. So I'm going through and I'm making sure everything's perfect. I'm helping my brother move stuff from room to room. I'm cleaning up after him. I'm doing all the silicone. I'm getting, you know, bringing the, the property manager to every room, getting them to sign off on every room after it's done, kick on the housekeeping, turn it over, making sure that, you know, every single housekeeper knows don't use these products on the tub. And they still we will. We switched you over and they still do. And then they call you six months later and say, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> it's That's the same everywhere. It's the same everywhere. Well, the, the problem honestly is that brand standards have destroyed, like, the, a hotel can't really operate independently. Like, they really can't. Definitely not. Because if they become belong to any corporate entity, now there's the brand standards and there are certain ways that they have to do things. And you can recommend things. But then the director of housekeeping has to go to the regional director of housekeeping. And the regional director of housekeeping needs to get it approved by some guy in corporate that wears a fucking suit that doesn't care. Well, and that's why when, when you're quoting jobs, like a lot of times you always want to be the first one mm-hmm. to, to, for, the, for them to reach out to. Because then you can sell them. They don't need to go anywhere else. But I feel like with hotels... It, it's a little bit different because when they hear the pricing on the first one, they automatically kind of discredit that person. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is with the with commercial properties is they're mandated by corporate to receive three bids anyways. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you know you're competing with two other people. And, and it's hard because this isn't something that should be um, that should be up for a bid. Because every company is different. People use different products and it's, you know, warranties and, and guarantees and, and making sure that these tubs are going to be fine and you're not just going to do all these tubs and then, and then yeah. fuck off. So, well, the, the, the issue is there's a lack of confidence in refinishing in the hotel industry. I've seen it more the last couple of years, yeah. but it's the hotel's own doing. I mean, oh, oh, without a doubt, they, they, they hire a good company. They don't follow the recommendation for cleaning and maintenance for them. They get messed up, and then they're like, well, we don't want to pay that much for refinishing because we're going to have to do it next year anyway. You're you're, like, no. You only have to do it next year because you're not following the fucking rules. Well, we were talking about that the other night. It's, uh, it's they're shooting themselves in the foot. The reason why they're calling you in the first place is because they're using, you know, harsh disinfectants and chemicals on the tubs, which are destroying the bottom of the surfaces. Mm-hmm then they get stained and you can't clean them again, so they call you, yet they're using the same products and they think that those products are going to hold up over technically a painted surface. It's, you know, it's obviously better than paint. I don't like to call it paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I like to use, like, auto, similar to an automotive Yeah, finish. I say, you know, or, or like a boat refinishing. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of process. I, I call it a glaze. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're expecting that it's not going to have the same effect on a paint compared to porcelain. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, you only put these bathtubs in five years ago and you didn't rent That's why you're calling us because you're not going to do this whole demolition. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And now if you're not going to switch over the products? Like, what are you thinking? If a factory finish gets worn out so fucking fast that you need it to be refinished within 
a 10-year span, that's too early on. And there's some self-reflection to be had there by the hotel, really. Definitely. <coughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like, it's like washing your car with acetone. Yeah, you would never do that. No. And, and when when you give them the analogies, they, they pretend like they get it. But at the end of the day, here's the thing. At the end of the day, all the people in the hotels don't make the decisions. It, it's not like that anymore. There was a time and place where you could pull up to a hotel and you would tell them this is how we need it to be clean. And they would tell the cleaning staff, this is how we have to clean it. Yep. In the United States, I'm not sure about Canada, but what's going on now is that a lot of hotels are hiring staffing companies uh, to do their cleaning. Oh, yes. Because they don't, they don't want to hire housekeepers. A staffing company here, the way it works is typically they hire a company to, to do the cleaning. That company hires a bunch of fucking illegals without papers and pays them like shit yep. so that the hotel could get a deal on cleaning. And one of the big ones is called MasterCorp. And MasterCorp uses steel wool on the fucking bathtubs. And they don't give a fuck. They just want to get it clean the fastest they can and get out yeah. of there. Yeah, and you're not... What are you What are you going to do? Like, realistically, for your hotel. Okay, I'm spending 150 grand on labor Instead, before I just spent 300 grand, right? A year. Yeah. The tubs are costing me 50 grand. Which one's easier to fucking do again? The tubs. Yeah. If we're going to continue to... Because it's not just... This is the thing that people forget. It's not just the money in labor. It's the money in, like, you know... Having these people get them uniforms, get them cards, get them, uh, you know, uh, benefits and and Social Security and all this shit that falls on the responsibility of the hotel then. And that's why a lot of this shit is happening now. And they, they're outsourcing everything. It's it's no different than the, the reason that they outsource like factories for products and shit. It's just now they're outsourcing labor because it's more convenient for a lot of these properties to do that. Exactly. And like I said, it doesn't follow up the chain. The person that you're dealing with, Mm -hmm. you know, might tell their boss, but then it has to get approved from corporate of the cleaning products. Or like you said, go to that separate company Mm -hmm. and it's yeah, 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 for sure. But no one ever signs off on anything. And then they just continue to do what they do. And then they come back, they circle it back to you. And you're like, no, no, no. And I find that with some of the smaller hotels, like in the smaller, like, mountain cities where we are. They listen more. Yeah. Uh, well, they'll do the same thing, though. That they'll, they'll have uh, separate cleaning companies come they in, and, and, they, mm-hmm. and they clean all of them. Uh, we did, you know, like a small project, probably like, I think it was like 15 to 20 bathtub and, and surrounds. They were acrylic surrounds, steel bathtubs. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we prepped all of them, sprayed all of them, did them all in like three days, staying at a, you know, a cabin nearby. And, you know, they were all perfect, like acrylic surrounds. Mm-hmm. They'd probably call me six months later, and they had a couple, you know, repairs that needed to be done on the acrylic surrounds, which I always find I'd never have to do repairs on anything fiberglass or acrylic. Yeah. Like that stuff sucks in product. Yeah. Like yeah. it's all You actually scratch it. So, so I'm like, what's, what's going on here? So I go there, and there's small repairs, and I kind of feel it's a little bit brittle. Didn't really think much of it, but, um, you know, I mentioned to them, like, what's going on here? And he was like, oh, I think it was just, you know, some other contractors after you might have dinged it or something. But I, I, I kind of noticed something on the product when you're sanding it, and it doesn't feather out. And then, of course, you know, three months after that, a few of them start peeling on the acrylic. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what are you guys using for cleaning products? Mm-hmm. And they send me, you know probably some of the worst cleaning products they can use. I'm like, where did you, why are you using this stuff? It's like, oh, it's what this company uses that we hired to come in. Mm-hmm. So I go back and I pull off, you know, the emails that I've sent multiple people 
of cleaning products even before we did the job. Of like, Same thing with me. Of do this, get start getting this product before we even come in to do the job. You just don't want to use it even after. Just order this product now. Don't use what you currently have. And then, of course, that didn't trickle down. And they'd even bother arguing with me at all. I said, I'll come back and I'll fix them. But you compromise the finish. I'll mm-hmm. probably be coming back and fixing these continuously, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. And I'll do it discounted. It was about two hours away from where I live. But it's nice out in the mountains. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know where the lost correlation was, but I want to make, you know, I want to help you out. This isn't on me, but I'll do the best I can. They, they, that shit doesn't even matter, bro. The thing is, they automatically think it's you. Like, they, they, it doesn't matter if you tell them. Don't use this cleaner beforehand, during, in a fucking contract. They just automatically assume that you suck. And it's it's very annoying, dude. Like, because <laughs> I had a fucking project that was like 1,800 fucking tubs. And before, in writing, the moment we f- sprayed the first tub, I, all, I reminded them all, don't use this, this, and this. Oh, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do it. I see the fucking people on the carts. Then they told me, oh, the people on the carts aren't using that. So I did what I had to do. I went up to these fucking housekeeping ladies and I asked them with a camera, what are you using to clean? All of them on every fucking floor. I went floor by floor. We're using a magic eraser and we're using ammonia cleaner because the scrub free, which is like actually like a, a good cleaner. It's like, oh, I ran out of it. I don't want to go back to, to, to get more. So I'm just using this one. And I'm just like... A meeting was not had. It, and, and if it was, obviously they didn't care enough to actually enforce anything. No. You know? And that's a problem. That reflects poorly on the hotel industry, too. I mean, as some of these places are really high profile. Oh, definitely. And it's like the chain of communication is broken, bro. But what other options do they have besides refinishing it? So Not a lot. It, it, well, exactly. So why do they want to shoot themselves in the foot... Or what they end up doing is burning their relationship with a company like yours and then going with someone else and then being in the same situation. Well, exactly. And this is my point. So when we got hired, they had used a company called Safe Step. That's a national bathtub refinishing company that they specialize in hotels and in, in the United States. Um, and they, they were upset with their work because Miracle, Me- or, uh, Miracle Method... Uh, Safe Step is known for this process where basically they paint half the tub uh, because most of the time the damage is on the floor, right? So no caulking removal. Just no. Th- what they do is they they paint the floor. They'll do a non-skid like a grid pattern. It looks nice. Yeah. And then they'll feather the sides so that it like blends into the tub. And they called us because the shit was fucking up, and they had just done it like two years prior. Of you have no seal on the bathtub. Exactly. So we go in there, we're doing our thing, and they're not listening to the cleaning protocol. The issues start with us, and guess what? Come to find out, then they brought those people back, and it's like, I, I just don't get it. There's no self-reflection there. There was no, like, hey, this is what's going on, and, like, I kept telling them, like, your guys are going to mess these tubs up if you guys keep not listening to us. They did. And then they go back to, back to square one for the people who fucked up to, to begin with instead of just listening. And I'm sure that they give them rules to abide by too. But this is the thing. The hotel industry is starting to think that refinishing is like a fucking scam. But it's because they don't ever change the way that they do operations, man. They don't, they don't change the cleaning. It's not a scam at all. 
if you're hiring a reputable company yeah. who are doing the tubs properly. Mm-hmm. I've gone into places and, you know, tubs just a bit worn. They they said they had it refinished like 20 years ago. Yep. So whenever I'm quoting anything like that, like nothing's peeling on there. It, it's very hard to quote because you're like, I don't know what products they use on there. I always want to, you know, strip it off and start again. But I've gone into places and you can't even tell it's been refinished. It is 20 years later and it's glass smooth, obviously, because it's been buffed out from, yeah. from clean for a number of years. And you're like, this shit holds up. Those are products from 20 years ago. Yep. The, the products that are on the market now are way better. Yeah. This stuff holds up if you take care of it. Yeah, but they, but they don't. And, they, and you know, honestly, none of that's ever going to change unless enough people specific to this industry complain about it. Well, exactly. Like, when people in corporate start to realize they don't have to spend 50, 60, 70 grand a year on tubs every year and could just spend it every five years, their minds are going to be blown. Well, what's their options to, you know, rip out the bottom of the tile and then hopefully find the tubs that still fit? Yeah, and have their their moneymaker is keeping those rooms rented. Exactly. You're going to have them at a commission for a week at least per room? No. Well, and that's a huge seller for companies like you know, for, for bathtub companies as well, even for, for reputable ones of, you know, we're going to dedicate our time to this project. You know, mm-hmm. somebody might do it cheaper, but how long are they going to do it? Like, how long is it going to take them to finish this project? What how I, many tubs are they doing a day? What I'd noticed, though, with <coughs> the commercial properties is they're receiving those three bids, right? Uh-huh. They're not really considering... Everything's a price point, sell point, right? So, it's always a yeah, price they point. don't... This, this, most of the time, the GM isn't affected by the money being spent because it's not his money. Exactly. Like a typical residential customer. So they're getting their three bids. They know if they submit the lowest bid up top, it's better for them because yep. they, they look like they found the lowest price person to they do the job. They got incentivized to do that too. So trying to just, and then they're streamlining, streamlining everything, right? So you have all these individual parties. To me, it's good business for us. Because what's forcing them to do is, you're right, they, if you run the numbers with them, the demo, the removal, then the new install, there's nowhere near what we're going to charge them for a refinish, right? But if they keep jacking up their own tubs, they're just creating more demand for us to have to fix them. It's, it's a double-edged sword, though. And the reason is because it makes the industry look bad because they don't listen to us, but at the same time, they need us. So it's like, yeah, they're like, we're going to have to do more hotels. There's going to be more refinishers doing hotels, but it devalues the service to an extent when they don't change their ways and the tubs are consistently only lasting a year. I mean, it's going to get to the point where they're like, hey, we're only going to pay like 200 bucks a tub because it just keeps falling off. Every refinisher sold is going to last and it never does. And that's what the problem that I see now. Well, that's also from going to the lowest bid, which is which yeah, is as well, which is why I think. Two, one of two things needs to happen. Either the industry as a whole just accepts that for hotels, you either can't guarantee it or you need to give them a crazy low guarantee That's term. That's what I was going to say. You have to give them a super low warranty term or uh, we need to like the, like come together hotels. and fucking and talk to these people and tell them like you're fucking your own money up. Well, typically if a tub's going to peel and it's the resurfacer, the technician's fault. Happens right away. It's, it happens right away. Yeah. Failures are induced, so like you have to cause it. Yeah, well, it doesn't it, just exactly. fall right and off. It, yeah. It's a lot easier to to go to a homeowner who's getting a couple tubs done or one tub done, and say, "Hey, well, this guy's charging you know two hundred bucks less than you." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yes, 
but I don't know exactly what products he's using. I don't know exactly, I don't know the company, but I know how much my work costs. So if I ever need to come back and if you get it refinished and I need to come back and fix somebody else's work, which I do all the time, mm-hmm. it's going to cost you double. Cause now yeah. I got to strip that product off because the company, if they're charging that much, they're probably using, you know, a decent product, but they're cutting corners somewhere. Mm-hmm. So to strip down that product is still going to be, it's still going to be difficult. All right. Well, here's food for thought. Just, just to, just to think about it. Um, we, do we change the hotel industry or do we change our industry? I think we got to do both to us to because an extent. We need to deliver the service in a, in a way that we're anticipating the hotel to damage the tub. So when we deliver our product, maybe you can come in a little bit cheaper and win a bid the price and let them the know same. like your tubs will be screwed in a year. They know it because they go through it every year. And they're going to be like, it's going to be screwed because you're not going to use the correct cleaners. So I can come lower, but we're not, you don't have any warranty. The issue is, is that you're going to have companies that are not going to tell them. They're going to do it cheaper. Yeah, of course. And yeah. they're going to say, we're going to guarantee it. But then they're going to have a million excuses of why they're not going to guarantee it after. Yeah. So a, lo- a lot of it is just trying to sell yourself of like, let's not talk about you know the price. Let's talk about what we're actually going to do here and what you actually need. And let's talk about what the future is going to look like. You try to sell them a solution, exactly. right? You're not trying to sell them a number. It's the same thing that car dealers do now. You know, they try to pry like, what's your monthly uh, budget for a payment? And then they're trying to sell you a payment, not a car. Oh, yeah, you know what is, I mean? Is it the final price or is yeah. it your monthly payment? What's more important to you? If it's monthly payment, they know they can jack up the price. Yeah, because if you're in there and you're like, well, I really want this car that's 25 grand. And then they ask you what your monthly payment is. It want you want it to be, and you're like four hundred. And then they get you on a fucking eight year fucking term with like nine percent interest, but the payment is right. All you're looking at is what it's costing you monthly. Well, you need a truck because well, it will hold its value. Yeah, yeah and that all makes sense. But we're talking about closing work, right? So, so if you want to get the projects, you adjust to the to the demand at hand. But I feel like. Everybody would need to adjust for it to even matter because if if you are a well-established company and you are telling the hotel with a straight face, I'm going to guarantee it for just one year, and then some other jackass that's established is saying, I'm going to guarantee it for five, knowing all the same issues we all know, that they're not going to take care of them. Um, if you can sell five years, you can sell one year. It's all about deliverance. So if you're talking to that same customer, like we talk about all the time, if you ask them, why are they giving you a five-year warranty when we all know these things are chipping within a year or two? And it's that selling point because it's the honesty, right? That's that's true. Because they're we're not they're not we bro, corporate is not changing their standards because we're telling them. So if we adjust our approach to yep. their problem, which is their you know the third-party cleaners, be like, mm-hmm. we know you guys are not going to care for these tubs properly, so we'll charge you this much with a one-year warranty. And anyone offering you a five-year warranty is bullshitting. And you any mean, property manager with a brain will respect that. Exactly. Hey, so if, may- if you're being honest, that's 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 the key to, to, to any business. And, and you can still tell them, like, you know, our work will last five years. What you're telling them is you're acknowledging their issue mm-hmm. before they have to create the issue, right? So yep. we're telling them, like, all right, you're most likely your cleaners are using ammonia. Mm-hmm. 99% sure. And they're probably like, I don't even know what they're using. I guarantee you they're using this, and it will cause failures mm. so we'll warranty it for one year at this price point and now you don't have to worry about coming back 
Well, exactly. And, you know, companies can give a 10-year warranty, but all their warranties are, they, they have clauses on them. Mm-hmm. Warranties yeah. are if it's delamination or if it's yeah. something that the technician did. Like we said before, that's going to happen right away. So they can say, we're going to give you a 20-year warranty on this. Here are the conditions. Yeah. And they're going to yeah. come back and say, this was not our fault. This you're is because you used yeah, your ABC. W- warranty, we were talking about this like right before you came. A warranty is not an insurance policy. Definitely not. Um, mm-hmm. And I like to use the analogy of a car, right? Like if you totaled your car and you took it back to Ford and were like, it's under warranty, right? They're going to tell your ass to go home, bro. Uh, but, you know, that's what insurance is for. It, it, you know, a, a warranty is a failure of the product or application itself. And if it gets damaged due to misuse, that is insurance. Yeah. Which comes to, now here's another thought. Remember I was talking about selling, uh, selling insurance. insurance policies. Now, what if you sold an insurance policy to a hotel? That would make more sense. That would make way more sense, especially for what they have going on. Yeah, they have a problem. This is, this is what I was trying to get at is, do we try to get them to adjust to us? Or do we adjust to them? You offer them a solution that makes more sense for them mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And you you, you got to use this terminology. I'm giving this shit out for free right now. But this is the terminology <laughs> you got to use. Brand standards. They know that. They know that there's brand standards. They know that there's ways they have to clean things. Because especially yep. the world we live in now after COVID, you know, and, and, and they know that their brand standards are not going to meet the requirements for the tub stuff. I mean, dude, we have an account that calls us every month. Yeah, leaky tiki. Yeah, or not clean. They're tearing their own tubs up, and yeah. they fuck get, them up all the get time. Get constant workflow because of it. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a bad thing for the industry. It's just a we have to approach it differently. So what you can do is now create recurring work, which typically you'd only get in multifamily. We were talking about that last night. Of, you know, I don't necessarily like when customers don't take care of their tubs. But the benefit is I know the product that's on there. Mm-hmm. I know how to fix it. It's not an unknown product that you're going to be sanding it until exactly. it doesn't sand you anymore. You just go back and you, you know just, the product. You just scuff it. And exactly. And you know exactly no. what's going to happen. You know you, you know how to deal with that situation. Mm-hmm. I do like the idea of selling them an insurance policy on that mm-hmm. because that's, that's, a, that's a huge benefit. That could be an option. It's like it's a one-year warranty, and if you want an extended coverage like term, this is it. It's going to be this flat rate a month, and we'll do this many repairs. And that and, and that way, at least there's always constantly people there doing some sort of repairs and stuff like that helps you build a company, bro. Now, I just, I just, you're not trying to get an individual sale all the time. You yeah. have a, some sort of recurring workflow, so you're you're. It it is really smart to just keep them. You know, they keep paying, and you can keep you know mm-hmm. finishing because you know tubs get messed up. Mm-hmm. You have people, new people in there every day. You have cleaners that don't care. But shit happens, and, and and shit happens. So th- this is this is. You know, well, we always talk about the pricing and commercials and stuff, right? Uh, commercial property. So Leaky Tiki, for example, uh, what we charge them is like around like three fifty, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if if we do the math, the, you know, three fifty divided by three sixty five, it's costing them ninety five cents a day to have the tubs under a warranty. Like that's nothing. Yeah. And then if you break it into a five year term, you're basically gifting them. Shit. That's a good way to write it out. You're gifting them the service. Yeah. Like, because at the end of the day, you're discounting the work because of the bulk. I get it. But at someone's house, more work is just more work. You know? It's not like, I always say, we're not mass producing a product here. Like, this is a service. It needs to be done a specific way. So, let's take that 350 or that, let's take 365. Let's times that by five. That's 1825. Right? 
Well, let's take that same 350 and divide it by 1825. You're doing tubs for a tenth of a fucking cent if you actually break it down that way. <laughs> Over the whole year. Over the whole year. And that's what it's costing them, right? But it's like, you know, if you're going to offer these five-year terms, at least charge some fucking more money. That's my point, too. It's like... You'll lose money, bro. If one project goes wrong... Yeah. But it, and, and that's the thing, too. It's like that all the time. Yeah. In, a lot of these, in a lot of these industries, not just bathtub refinishings, that people don't charge enough. Yeah. And they put themselves in a hole. And that's why, you know, whenever I get phone calls of, you know, people are charging this amount and you see them, mm-hmm. you just wait it out and you see them slowly disappear. Yep. Because either they're charging a small amount, they're getting volume, but now they're getting no customers. They have no room to expand. They have no money coming yeah. in. And then, they get a, and then they get a bad... Um, reputation in in their area because obviously they're cutting corners somewhere they're not going back and finishing it and mm-hmm. then you know they decide to just disperse the industry yeah i agree though i think you know what now i'm thinking about it better this is the way you sell it to them this tub is costing you a dollar a day raise your prices one dollar you think the customer's gonna care and it's under a one-year warranty term and guess what do the tub again next year, and that same tub is going to cost you a dollar a day. Or you do it like uh, a deductibles type of thing. So you, you give them a uh, insurance yeah. policy. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying, but that that that's the way you sell it to them. Like, yeah, as it, far it as brings like down the, the price in their mind. I like that bit. with yeah. the deductible because then that pays for you know, yeah, gas to get there, mm-hmm. and they cover some of the materials. It'll be it stuff. could be a flat service fee, and then you charge yeah. them a monthly thing for to keep your guys. I'll, there's I'll a number of there's a number of different ways you can have you know a couple different ways. Yeah, to, uh, definitely. To go I mean, about if we put it. some thought into it, I'm sure yeah. we'd come up with some clever ways for it to make sense. But the real key in what we've been focusing in our businesses is uh, multifamily. Yeah, because we're, we're trying to, to get out of the one one contract, one job thing onto them, trying to find another property. Yep. We're trying to create long-term relationships, right? And uh, relationships that bring us reoccurring income, you know, mm-hmm. over years. Yep. And it helps us hold crews mm-hmm. because our hardest, one of our biggest challenges is the, the, the high points and low points in workflow and trying to maintain okay. a certain amount of people oh, yeah, on definitely. the roster, right? Well, and that's why, like I said, I haven't expanded. Like, I've gone up and down. I've gone up to the point where, you know, where I have number of people I'm like okay I could you know train a few people to spray mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. and keep mm-hmm. it going and but what and what people we like found consistency people yeah, need people, consistency they need it yeah because if they'll whether they want to leave you or not they'll leave you out of necessity oh exactly mm-hmm. yeah they got to get their bills paid and so uh what the challenges we found in multifamily are compliance issues let's get into that I'm gonna I'm gonna uh stop this episode here and then we'll restart and we'll talk more about multifamily yeah so I guess the, primarily the first one is going to be about the hotel thing but that's cool the segment and yeah, like that. all right so we're gonna go ahead and continue the conversation in the next one guys and uh we'll see you there you've been listening to the bathtub refinishing podcast if you liked what you heard be sure to keep up with the bathtub guys on youtube facebook and instagram or visit bathtubguys.com for more thanks for listening and we'll see you next time